Man, it is an honor to be with you guys today. Thank you so much, Pastor Danny, for all that you guys have done for our church, uh, for sending us Oh, to grace, how great a debtor I am personally, but also I am, I am a huge debtor to Danny Forshee and to Terry Hurt. And uh, I say all the time, like, if you, if you write a list of my top 10 heroes, those two guys are on there six times. Like, like no kidding. Like, it, it is an honor, an honor to be here. And uh, this is uh, the last Sunday of your sabbatical. And, uh, and apparently you guys have reached the bottom of the barrel uh, for anybody in. So, uh, man, what a, what a powerful deal it is to be together. Um, we haven't met as a church at Cornerstone Community Church physically since spring break. Y'all, I haven't put on pants for six months. I was honestly concerned about how this morning was going to go, um, whether or not we were going to get buckled and the whole deal, but it worked out just okay. So, so I'm pretty pumped about that. I've been preaching for the last, uh, my phone's down there, but I've been preaching for the last six months to a phone. Nobody says amen. Nobody gives me any feedback on it. I've been at my house doing it. I've been at the office doing it. Like it's been crazy. I, it's something that you know, but there's great power in the church. And uh, whoo! So let me uh, let me kind of get you guys caught up on where we are as Cornerstone Community Church. And while I'm doing that, if you got your Bibles, uh, the most important thing that we're going to do today is go to Acts chapter 12. So if you got your Bibles, go ahead and turn there to Acts chapter 12. And uh, since we launched essentially three years ago, we had our commissioning service in September, and Great Hills sent us out. And a lot of ch- things have changed here, right? at Great Hills Baptist Church. Um, and, and we have been on this journey of, uh, of a church plant and a church start and what that looks like. And we've got, we got a, several Cornerstone folks here this morning. If you're, a, if you're a member of Cornerstone Community Church, would you just stand up and kind of wave real quick? I just want to see you. I haven't seen a lot of you guys in a while. Look at this. Come on now. Woo! Yes, sir. Y'all sent us with an incredible launch team of, uh, of 19 adults and all of their kids, about 33, 34 total of us uh, went to launch Cornerstone Community Church. And in the past three years, we've seen uh, 11 people saved come to, come to Christ. Uh, we've baptized 17 people. We have hired uh, a phenomenal kids and family pastor, Nate Connor, uh, came in from the great state of Virginia. And uh, Jana Morris, as you guys, if you were here three years ago, you know uh, the phenomenal talent that the Lord had, had placed in Jana, and she has done nothing but hit it out of the park all the time. It is an honor. I mean, incredible. Sean Sheffield is our administrative assistant. We've got an incredible crew of elders and, and leaders. Uh, we, we decided up front that we were going to be a giving church, and last year uh, we were recognized by the SBTC as one of the top three uh, givers to the cooperative program through the Southern Baptist Convention of Texas uh, of all church plants in Texas, all funded church plants. We were, we were top three. Get this though, uh, it, it even gets better. Like we, we were in the top 100 of all SBTC churches to a cooperative program giving last year. 
praise the Lord. And, uh, and that, what that does, it helps church plants in the state of Texas all over the place. It's an incredible, incredible deal. 10% of our budget we give to missions right off the top. Uh, so local missions, foreign missions, uh, long-term strategic partnerships. We have grown to almost 90 members uh, at Cornerstone. So we've, we've right about tripled. Um, and, and that's about 15% are brand new believers. How about that? Um, yeah. So we had been meeting in Knowles Elementary, which is in Cedar Park. It's actually the very far northern border of Cedar Park. And when the corona hit, everything shut down. And so uh, we are right now a church without a perch. Um, we, we don't have anywhere that, we're, that we can go. Uh, so we've been meeting online. And uh, man, the Lord has really done some cool things as we've been continuing to meet online. People have continued to, to come to Christ. We've had two salvations, baptisms uh, in that time. We dunk them, not in a, you know, a cool deal like that, but we, we dunk them in a horse trough uh, outside a school building. Uh, it's been pretty fun. We've done some swimming pool baptisms. We've got a hot tub for when it's cold. We go outside and we baptize in a hot tub, kind of heat it up so nobody freezes to death. And listen, it has been incredible to see what the Lord has done and we've been, for the past 30 days, we're actually in day uh, 28 right now. Uh, we did a 30-day prayer emphasis. So our church has been praying for 30 days. And the Lord has done some incredible, incredible things in, in people's lives during that 30 days. And uh, today, we're praying for you, Great Hills Baptist Church. We love you guys. We, there, was, there would be no way that we would be in a position uh, to even survive had it not been for the way that Great Hills Baptist Church sent us out. So we are, we are grateful to the Lord uh, for, for this leadership, for this church, for this place, for this impact on the kingdom. So uh, we've been doing online services. As a matter of fact, at 10 o'clock this morning, we had an online service uh, for Cornerstone Community Church, and it's been growing. And just like you guys, we've been seeing more people that have been reached as we've been sharing and, and, and it's, been, it's been really, really cool to watch. Uh, so today, as, as I was preparing uh, this week for our online service and for this service, um, I, I really uh, felt like we would be in Acts chapter 12 and if, if it, really the title for today is, is what we do, right? Because no matter whether we're in a pandemic, whether we're online church, no matter whether we can meet in person, uh, however it works, man, there are some things that we do as believers and as the church, this just, it's what we do. And I think when we see Acts chapter 12, there are practical things, and we're going to try to bring out five practical things that every believer needs to do. So if, if you're a kid, if you're a teenager, man, get your Bible out, make some notes, highlight some stuff where you can come back to it later. Uh, th there's there's going to be some stuff in here that's going to be invaluable for you to know in the, in the days when things are uncertain, when you're in troubled times, when you don't know what's coming next. And uh, man, man, the Bible is just, it's awesome. You know, we read a lot of the Bible in our church. Um, we went through the book of James not too long ago. And our very first study, our first week in the book of James, we just read the whole thing from start to finish. It was one of the it was one of the most incredible services. And I didn't hardly say nothing. Listen, the Bible is, it, God has given us such a great gift in the word of God. So, uh, so let's, let's, let's get ready and, uh, and pray. God, thank you so much for all that you've done, for all that you're going to do. Lord, we trust you today. 
We put our faith in you. Lord, teach us what we need to know so that we can live in a world that needs to know you. In Jesus' name, amen. Acts chapter 12, and we'll start in verse 1. It says, about that time, Herod, the king, laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with the sword, and when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was during the days of unleavened bread. And when he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out to the people. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer was made to God for him by the church. That's a great spot to highlight or underline. Verse six. Now when Herod was about to bring him out, on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with chains and sentries before the door were guarding the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him saying, get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hand. And the angel said to him, dress yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and followed him. There's an incredible exchange right here. And he did not know what was being done by the angel was real, but he thought it was, he was seeing a vision. And when they had passed the first and the second guard, they came to the iron gates leading into the city and it opened to them of its own accord. And then they went out and went along one street and immediately the angel left him. And when Peter came to himself, he said, now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from the, all that the Jewish people were expecting. And when he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose name was Mark, where, the, where many were gathered in, together and praying. And when he knocked at the door of the, gate, of the gateway, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. Recognizing Peter's voice in her joy, she did not open the gate, but ran in and reported that Peter was standing at the gate. And they said to her, you are out of your mind. But she kept insisting that it was so, and they kept saying, it's his angel. But Peter continued knocking, and when they opened, they saw him and were amazed. But motioning to them with his hand to be silent, he described to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said these things to tell to James and the brothers. And then he departed and he went to another place. An incredible, an incredible account of what has just happened to Peter. And so we're going to take five things and pull out of these verses of Scripture of things that we do as the church that we see either see Peter doing or the church doing. And the first thing I think that is the glaringly obvious thing here is to pray. It's to pray. Charles Spurgeon said, No man can do me a truer kindness in the world than to pray for me. It's also been said that rich is the person who has a praying Friend, Isn't it awesome to know that as the church, if you get in a spot like Peter was in a spot, that you have people that will go to the Lord on your behalf, that will use the walkie-talkie of prayer and call in reinforcements onto the battlefield for you. Isn't it awesome to think that we have the privilege to do that on behalf of other believers? Like the Lord has given us an incredible thing in, 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 in prayer that we get to talk we get to listen to the Lord. And as we, as we think about all the things that prayer are, we, we, we always want to make sure that we don't, we don't look at something like this and take it out of context of the whole Bible. Like, like prayer isn't also just a get-out-of-jail-free card. 
It's not the thing that we do. Like if we get in trouble, we can just say, okay, well, Lord, get me out of this. And he's like, oh, whatever you want. He's not like the genie in the lamp that we rub when we need it. That's not what prayer is at all. It doesn't give us like this diplomatic immunity to make bad choices and then Jesus makes it all better. That's not what prayer is. Remember, if you look at the very first part of chapter 12, what just happened to James? He was killed. You think he wasn't praying? Well, it doesn't say he was praying. I guarantee he was praying. Peter was praying. We don't pray what, what we want to try to get what we want into the mind and will of God, we pray so that we can get the mind and the will of God into us. And then we trust him with the results. You know, the cynic would say, whenever they read something like this, well, why didn't God save, save James's life? Let me blow your mind here. He already had. You can't, you can't kill eternal life. And that's what James was eat up with. Philippians chapter one, verses 19 through 21. Listen to this. For I know, Paul says, that through your prayers, prayer, that's important stuff, and the help of the spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not at all be ashamed, but that with full courage now, as always, Christ will be honored in my body. Listen to this. Whether by life or by death, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. You want to get your mind blown, think about this. Peter and James were both imprisoned. Peter, by the miraculous work of God, is rescued and delivered from the prison. And James, in death, gets something better. I never thought about it like that. It messed me up this week. See, we've, we've got our... We've got our focus all wrong that like if we think if God doesn't come through right here in the moment and rescue us out of this jail cell, if we have to endure torture or pain or, or oppression or even death, that somehow God didn't come through. No, 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 that's not it at all. Whether by my life or my death, that God will be glorified. Man, what if we adopted that as our motto? So what do we do? We pray. We pray for people, we pray for ourselves, we pray specific, we pray Peter's in prison kind of prayers. Big prayers so that we can look back and see what God has done and so that God will be glorified among us. The second thing that we do is this, we follow the Lord and we look at how Peter does just exactly what the angel tells him to do. He's sitting there, he's asleep, which I don't know how that works. Like your, your buddy James has just been killed. You're in the prison and you're just taking a nap. That's peace now. And then the angel wakes him up. And he's like, hey, get dressed. And Peter's like, all right. Peter doesn't ask him who he is. He doesn't ask him what the next steps are. Listen, you don't have to know all of God's plan in order to get dressed. I mean, really. Some of us will never follow the Lord because we're too busy being worried about what's gonna happen 17 steps down the road and we're not dressed Guys, you can't follow the Lord until you, until you do what you know to do. Mark Twain said, it ain't those parts of the Bible that I, don't, that I can't understand that bother me. It's the parts that I do understand. Let me ask you this. Are you doing what you understand? Are you doing what, the, or what we're supposed to do as the church? The church was praying for Peter and the Lord intervenes. But Peter still has to listen and obey. 
He still has to follow the Lord. He still has to get dressed, right? When we follow the Lord in ordinary acts, we're just putting on our shoes, then one day we'll be able to look back on the incredible journey that God has brought us on and brought us through. So what are some examples of following the Lord? Well, pray, read the Bible, love Jesus, love other people, join a church, attend regularly, meet with other believers. Here's the third thing that I think that we see out of this, this, this on this deal too, is tell your Jesus story, your testimony. What is it? Tell it. Verse 11 and verse 17. This is where we find this telling your Jesus story. Don't keep it to yourself. Listen, whenever you begin to pray, whenever you begin to follow the Lord, the Lord is gonna be doing some things in your life that you might not understand at the time, but looking back, you'll go, oh, well, I see why, what God was doing right there. Oh, I see why whenever we were in great debt, we sent out a large piece of, of people and, and money and givers and tithers that didn't make a lick of sense then. And you look back and you go, and look at it now. Isn't that good? We just, we just tell our Jesus story. Don't keep it to yourself. Listen, it's gonna be an encouragement to those who hear and it will help you to remember what the Lord has done in your life because we are a forgetful people. Verse 11, Peter was sure that the Lord had rescued him. Verse 17, he described to them how the Lord had brought him out of prison. Listen, go tell your Jesus story. You may be here this morning, you're like, I don't have a Jesus story. And if that's you, the question that you need to ask more than anything is this, why don't I have a Jesus story? One of the most incredible prayers that Peter prays in scripture is whenever he's walked out on the water to Jesus and then he looks around, he sees the wind and the waves, he starts to sink and what does he say? What's the quick prayer? Lord, save me. Three words. Some of you guys, maybe you're watching online today. Maybe you're sitting in this room with us today and that, that's the prayer that you need to pray. That's the first part of your Jesus story is, Lord, save me, forgive my sin. I wanna follow you. I'm a wreck on my own. Maybe you need to give your life to the Lord today to, to start your Jesus story. Maybe you've been following him for a long time, but if I ask you, hey, what's the last thing that the Lord's done in your life? You'd be like, hang on just a second now. Is that you? Listen, if you're following the Lord, you're gonna have Jesus stories. You're just gonna have them and go tell them. The fourth thing is this that we see, go to church. How about that? You're like, wait a minute, where do you get that? Well, where'd he go? Verse 12, he realized that uh, whenever he realized this, then he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark, and many were gathered together there and they were praying. Now we, I mean, just the church at home, right? we've started that a little bit. Like as, as we've gathered our phase one reopening for us is just getting some families together and watching the online service together and worshiping together. And it's been really, really cool. It's been cool because the church gathered, praying. And sometimes we forget how awesome of a blessing the Lord has given us in the church. Now it's been six months since I've been to a physical gathering like this we, we sat down and I turned around and I looked and you know what I mean? I was like, I didn't know if I was gonna be able to make it for a little bit. There is something incredible about the, the gathered people of God. Man, it's strong. 
It's strong. Is it perfect? No. As a matter of fact, one of our, uh, one of our statements at Cornerstone Community Church is this. If you're looking for a perfect church, don't join this one. And if you find a perfect church, don't join it either. You'll mess it all up. It, listen, it doesn't exist. I, I, I told our people as we were planning to launch three years ago, listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mess up. I'm gonna let you down early, probably, and maybe often. And I don't mean to. And our church has been so gracious. Do you, do you know how many mad emails that I've gotten about our uh, our you know, our plan forward about how we haven't, you know, busted open or filed a lawsuit against the school to let us back in or anything like that? None. You know what kind of, what kind of messages we've been getting? Pastor, thank you so much for, for the way that we're leading through this. And, uh, and I just want you to know that whatever is good with everybody else, that's where I want to be. A bunch of believers putting the needs of others in front of their own. Mind blown. It is a sweet, sweet deal. There's refuge in the assembly. Peter just got out of jail. Where does he go? He goes to the believers. He goes to the church. We run to the Lord and to each other. Listen, we don't have any Lone Ranger Christianity. Christianity is personal, but it's not private. I might need to say that again. Christianity is not, it is personal, but it is not private. It's not something that you do just to keep to yourself. It's something that it's like the greatest gift that you can give someone. We weren't made to be isolated and alone. Think about this. Cattle herd, sheep flock, fish school, geese gaggle. You know why? Because we need to be together. There's something about together that the Lord has given us that's one of the most gracious gifts imaginable. It gives us support and encouragement, friendships and guardrails. It gives us examples to look at, to, to strive to. The church needs you and you, you need the church. The fifth thing that we see here, and this is the last thing, is this. What do we do as believers? We pray, we follow the Lord we go to church, we improvise, we adapt, we trust the Lord. Three things, improvise, adapt, trust the Lord. This is what Peter did. Listen, we do this all the time. I, recently, I tried a new Bible. I bought a new Bible and man, I was, I was pumped up about it too. It's got these margins at the edges so I can take some notes and it, it's like a little bit wider. It's, it's quite a bit bigger. And, uh, man, I, I used it for about two months. And, and you know, I, I decided I needed to go back to my old Bible. You know why? Because my preferred version of the Bible now is large print. <laughs> Just telling you, if you can't read it, it don't help. And so small letters are harder to read. I've got an appointment with Dr. Butler this week. Hopefully to fix a little bit of that going on now. But as you get older, you learn that you've got to improvise. You've got to adapt. You tie your shoes different. You may have to stretch before you tie your shoes, right? <laughs> Listen, stuff changes. I know all about the quarantine 19, right? 
Like we, we've all had to adapt a little bit and sometimes we're forced to change. Sometimes we, we just see the situation and we feel like we need to change. But I want you to know that change is never easy, but sometimes it's necessary. And Peter, whenever he gets out of prison, he goes to the church. You know what? He could have gone right back into the city and said, hey, look at what the Lord has done. But does he does that? Does he do that? No. He decides he's going to go somewhere else. And listen, it's always good to trust God, but Mitch Gumpel said it well last week. It's pretty dangerous to test God. Peter trusted God. God got him out, and then he sent him somewhere else. Now watch what happened. He tells James, who's not James the disciple that had just been executed, it's James Jesus' half-brother. He says, go tell James and the brothers. And then James, he leaves. And then James becomes the pastor at the church in Jerusalem. And Paul later describes James as one of the, one of the pillars of the New Testament church. Peter leaving and changing, listen, it didn't mess up God's plan one bit. It furthered it. See, a lot of times we, we, we just want to be comfortable but listen, God is doing something. God is moving. And if it's uncomfortable, if it's not where you wanted to be, listen, trust the Lord. Improvise, adapt, keep trusting Jesus. Now, we haven't had our lives threatened. And this, this really hit me hard this week at Cornerstone as, as we look for kind of what's next because, guys, we've been, we don't have a place to go. And We've been looking for places to lease. Looks like school's not gonna be online for a good while. So we're just like, Lord, what do we do next? Or you say, Stu, were y'all ready to do this? Nope, wasn't ready. Didn't want to. Would have been much happier just continuing to roll into school. That's not an option anymore. So what do you do? You improvise, you adapt, and you trust the Lord. And, and man, we, we're looking at locations. We found one that I think might be, it might be good, 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 good. We're hoping to make an announcement this week to our church family about it. You guys be praying for us. That's both hard and exciting. You know, whenever the Lord's doing something that forces change on you, it's like, man, this is tough. Wish we didn't have to do this. But at the same time, you get that little bit of, whew, but think about all of the possibilities and opportunities to reach people that need to be reached. So, so guys, I want to ask you some questions. Great Hills Baptist Church, Cornerstone Community Church. Are you willing? Are you, listen, I mean, really, are you willing? When we're talking about change, change comes to us all. Whether we want to or not is not the question, but are you willing to change? Are you willing to adapt, to improvise, to follow the Lord? Great Hills has been one of the most adaptive churches I've ever seen. Are you willing to keep adapting? Are you willing to keep trusting the Lord? Cornerstone, are you willing to adapt? Are you willing to change? Are you willing to keep trusting the Lord? Most of my people are like, if it means that I ain't got to set up anymore on Sunday morning, I'm there. Where do I write the check, right? Listen, it's hard. And then taken right back down. It's hard work. 
So let me ask you this, Great Hills Baptist Church, Cornerstone Community Church, y'all willing, y'all willing to keep working? I mean, really, like, like there's no part of this that means no work. It just means different work. Let's, man, let's keep working. Let me ask you this. So after this whole pandemic thing and in the midst of whatever's going on, whenever we're like looking at it in the rearview mirror, does my church still need me? I don't know how close you can zoom in on this, but yes, your church needs you more than ever. This is not a time to kick your feet up, cross your legs, sit back, relax. Hey, I know it was cool the first few weeks to watch church in your pajamas. We don't have a pajama faith though. We got a faith that gets up and puts on some work boots and goes out and gets after it. Every stinking day. We're not a church on a cruise ship. We're a church on a mission. You willing to keep going? Your church still needs me. Is your mission going to change? It might, but it won't. Let me, let, me, let me preface that. The mission of every church is the same. How you carry that out might need to tweak where you carry that out. Like for us, it's going to be where we carry it out. It needs to tweak. We got to reset a headquarters. And we're hoping that it ends up being like an aircraft carrier that just launches the gospel into our community, into our neighborhoods. Because we got a whole lot of people that aren't dying of corona. They're dying of sin. They need Jesus. So what do we do in the meantime right now? Well, we keep on. We just keep on doing what we do. These, these are five things that, that we see here that we do as believers, as the church. We keep praying. We keep following the Lord. We keep telling our Jesus story to people who need to hear. We keep going to church. Did I tell y'all I love being together. Man, it's different. We keep improvising, keep adapting. We keep trusting the Lord because he's good. There's a quote by a man that I consider to be one of my heroes. And it's simply this. God's just a whole lot smarter than I am. Danny Forshee. Listen, his plans are better than mine. His ways are higher than ours. And he's always trustworthy. So as we get ready to close this time together, are you trusting the Lord today? What do you need? I mean, what's your next step that you need to take? Maybe it's you need to come to the Lord in salvation. Maybe it's you need, to, you need to just reaffirm and rededicate your commitment to your church. To step up and say, hey, what do you need? Anything, anything you need, I'm there. Maybe it's a, a commitment that you just need to say, hey, we've, we haven't been given like we need to be given, and, and, and uh, we're going we're gonna to start giving again. We're going to start following the Lord. We're going to start being obedient. Maybe it's you're, you've been going to work every day during this time. But you haven't been going to work on mission. You've been going to work as a job. 
Maybe you need to take a cue from Peter as, as that angel slapped him on the arm. And whenever you wake up in the morning, you say, I'm getting dressed on mission today. I'm going to follow the Lord wherever, wherever he takes me, wherever he leads me. Anytime I've got a, an opportunity to tell a Jesus story of something that God is doing in my life, I'm going to take it. And I don't know what you need to do today. But are you willing? Are you willing?